What's going on, everybody? Hey, it's James from Offside with my boys, D434, Mr. Dylan Fournier checking in. Pete, the absolute unit heat. Loving it. All right. How are you? Hey, we're great. We're good. We're kicking ours. Let's get it going. All right. Topic du jour. Everybody's on it right now. The Vancouver Canucks and their handling of Bruce Boudreaux and how crappy it has been. There is no way in the world that you can defend the Aquilini family, Rutherford, or even Alvin at this point, because he's a part of it too. He's in those meetings. He's talking to people. It's despicable. And then tonight to sit there at the press conference announcing Rick Tockett and say, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a direct kind of guy. And this is the way that I do things. No, you dragged a guy for six to eight months, threw him under a bus, talked crap about him in every turn you could, devalued him, made him look like garbage, and yeah. then said, hey, but be our coach until we get what we want behind the bench. Jeremy Rutherford, you're an absolute clown. Clown. Jim, Jeremy, whatever your name is, you know who you are. You're a ridiculous clown. Same with the Aquilini family that owns that team. The things that have happened in Vancouver this year, it all is starting to show its ass. And I've seen so many Vancouver fans saying that they're done. They're done with the organization. They're done with the team. They're done with what's happening. And they don't care about Tockett coming in. There is a freaking fire Tockett hashtag going right really? now. Because that's wow. how angry Vancouver fans are at this moment. But I got to ask you guys, Dylan, I'll get you to go first. What do you think of the way they treated Gabby? Horrible watching him cry on the bench last night. Just all of those emotions. As a human being, you feel for him. But what do you think of that situation? The amount of respect that Vancouver Canucks fans showed that head coach meant so much more to him than whatever the fuck was going on behind the scenes with Rutherford and whoever the heck owns the team. Um, I, if I was Bruce, I would have, I would have been like, no, I'm stepping down like almost right away. Um, what's going on in Vancouver is another thing. And I think, their direct view of how to handle going through the drafts and trying to still stay competitive when you have a top 10 pick is complete bullshit. And I could see a couple of Vancouver Canucks stars wanting out of there in a very quick minute. Oh, I think Elias Pettersson already really wants out of there. <laughs> That's mm. a guy they want to lock up. So what do you I, think? Um, I think it's absolute trash how they treated him. Basically, all going through the process of getting talking. I don't know why they wouldn't just wait till the end of the season when this is one of the deepest drafts of all time. Like you want to lose games, right? So I, it doesn't make sense to me that they bring talking in during the halfway point of the season. Um, but it was incredibly emotional listening to all the fans last night just chant, "Bruce, there it is." Like he didn't he didn't like it at uh, when they first started chanting it, but uh, when they were chanting it last night, he um, got really emotional. He uh, yeah, like you said, Dylan, he started crying, and we just felt bad for him. But uh, I don't know, pretty shitty moves by the GM, the ownership. I I don't know why they didn't wait till the end of the season, but 
just a shitty move on Vancouver's end. That I, I I completely don't understand their their direct like wh- what they're what is going on there. Like, pick what you're trying to do here. Are you trying to get a, a top ten pick or are you trying to compete? Because you are confusing the players, you are confusing the staff and the fans, and nobody there deserves it. I saw I saw I think it's Cole Canuck. He posted a video of Bruce. There it is, because uh, he was at the game. I thought that was quite quite emotional. The entire building was behind him, and um, yeah, a touching touching moment for Bruce. But uh, I could see him not. Uh, another thing I want to say. Sorry, Dylan. Sorry to cut you off there. But like after the game, the players actually all paraded to his office and went one by one into his office to say their goodbyes, which I thought was pretty cool. No, I think it's amazing. That just shows you the respect, right? And it wasn't only them. It was also the other coaching staff coming through because they let one of those other guys go. They kept Yo and one other guy as well behind that bench. But I just think it's ridiculous. In this day and age, this wouldn't be as big as a problem as it is if Rutherford kept his yap shut to the media. Yeah, That's where sure. all it stems from. You can have the fact that you don't like the coach or it's not your coach apparent because you came into this job afterwards and the coach was already instilled. It happens all the time. GMs want their own coach. Presidents want their own coach, whatever it is, but you can do all that behind closed doors, but to sit out in the media and drag a guy for his coaching style, the way that you set things up, the way the team's performing because of him and use him as your constant scapegoat is ridiculous. It's so mind-boggling that you'd go that way and do it publicly. Well, what are you serving? You're not serving your organization by doing that to him because now if I'm a coach or anyone else, they had to probably get Tockett because nobody else wants to go there. Tockett wants a chance at the NHL. He's not going to say no. But any established guy is probably going to be like, screw that. I don't need that noise. I don't need that. Get out of here. They don't have a direction right now. They have no idea what they're trying to do. What coach wants to sign up for that? No, it's ridiculous. It's just, I feel like a GM and a coach should have the utmost respect for each other, and they should have the most communication in that organization of what's going on. Hey, I got this player and this player. How do you feel about him? Full communication both freaking ways. But you go to the media to speak spout shit about your head coach yeah and then bruce has no like choice to be like oh yeah like whatever like i'm just here basically till i get fired like i i he's he was living through hell over the past four to six months like he i don't think he deserved that at all and he was only there like just over a year whatever because what's this the canucks had another collapse last year Mm-hmm. With uh, what the hell was his face? Travis Green. It? Yes, Travis Green. So yeah. it's just if you if you want to keep doing this, then keep recycling your head coaches because it looks like you guys are just doing it over and over again. Oh, it's just it's absolutely at this point just ridiculous the way the organization is going. Uh, I used the term with a couple of Vancouver fans today. It's scorched earth is what needs to happen there. They need to just uh, – I think the Aquilinis need to give that team up. Just sell it to someone else. Uh, obviously, they meddle too much. Their hands are on it too much. 
the president needs to go in Rutherford. Um, Alvin, I don't know what he's done so far that's positive, but other than signing JT Miller, which you bring in Tockett to be the whisperer of you that guy, that's JT, it. JT Miller does not need to be there. No, I, he's I, just I, as toxic as the rest of them. He is, but he what what were you like? What were you doing? Like it, it does. It, the move doesn't make any sense. Like he's an asset at this point, but if he's toxic, some teams might not want him. So I don't know. I Elias Pettersson is having a fucking great year. Let, let's just say that he's 54 points in 44 games. So he's doing his part. If he doesn't want to be there, he's, he's going to get paid elsewhere. Yeah. Well, sure, I can say this right here, guys, from all of us here at offside, Bruce, there it is. You heard it from us. We're with you, buddy. We think it sucks. Um, you'll land on your feet. Don't you worry. Brucey, Love come it, on the pod with us. Brewski, don't. Brewski, come for a Brewski. Let's go. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's kicking off Offside Hockey Talk. We're proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co.'s Puck Off Lager. They have the absolute big beer for the big pod. And what bigger than Offside on a Sunday night with the Leafs weekender. And, boys, the week that was for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 2-0-1, and the one is not the game you expect it to be. We already dove into the, the the Panther game, the OT comeback, great. The Winnipeg Jet game is where we'll start. I want to say it looked like Sonar was finding his absolute groove. Boy was tracking the pucks. He was good all night long. The Leafs brought the pressure. Pete, instant gut check on the Jets game. I love Matt. We got classic Austin Matthews back in his form. Goes to show you that uh, load management might be a thing in the NHL that teams should start doing because Matthews takes two games off and just takes instant fucking control of that game, man. Like even there was even one shift where he had, he was on there for like almost two minutes and got a partial breakaway and was fighting off the defenseman and hit the fucking crossbar. Like, he had such a great game. Um, I, he, he almost, at one point, he, he could have had, like, four or five that game. He almost had a natural hat trick in the, the second period. But, uh, yeah, no, great game for Matthews. It was an amazing game. You see me taking a bow there because you use the words load management. Yeah. And that is something I said about Jake Muzzin to start the season, maybe John Tavares. But now it seems to be a thing that may factor in for Austin Matthews. Dylan, shake your head, but the man has been on a tear since that little break he took there. And the Leafs alluded to the fact they wanted to do it earlier, but the team stumbled out of the gate, so they couldn't give Matthews the time he wanted. So I think this may be something we see a little bit more this season. And again, I will beat the drum steadily that Mark Giordano needs to be one of those guys that invests in some load management days. This all-star break will be big for him, I'll say that. I think he comes back with a little bit more pep in his step. Um, yeah, we talked about Matthews obviously looking like the old Matthews against the Jets. Um, the power play, 0 for 1 against the big. Jets. It's not huge, but it is a huge trend that got bigger as the week went on. We'll leave that one there. But they did rehash the power play with Morgan Riley on the back end which is not a bad thing. I like that. I like seeing Mo get his chance. And I think that'll help Mo get his legs back under him and get the scoring. The man's gone, what, 40 games now without a goal. I think 43 games now without a goal. So you got to do something to get Mo going. I think once he gets one, 
they'll start to trickle in a few more. Um, what else did you guys take away from that game? It was billed as the best team in Canada game, basically, because both teams doing really well. One leading the Western Conference, the other second in the beast mode Atlantic division. Um, what did you guys think, uh, other than those things there that really tickled your fancy? I mean, we got we got to shut up Jesse Pollock for a little bit, but uh, Jesse. he says it'll be so sweet to see us get eliminated in a first round exit again this year. But um, shut um, up, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not. It's not uh, too hard to be good in in the West. It's pretty tough to be top two, three in the East. So uh, any Jets fan can shove that one up their hoop. hoop. Flipping that one. <laughs> Hellebuck's been back in form, and the fact that we scored four on him, I think, I think is a a big plus. Uh, it proves proves to us that we have you know the boys shooting on all cylinders we have the offense to to push the top goaltenders um i do absolutely i I don't know if you guys have seen the leaf to leaf um with sonar and murray but i thought their like um like friendship that has like bonded obviously throughout the season is like best in the locker room because they're like okay, yeah, I have no problem with you being in net and we'll just compete with each other. And I, I think it's a really healthy, competitive two guys in the net. And they're just I, they're just a great duo this year, honestly. And like like we predicted, like they, they could go uh, and win the William and Jennings this year. So um, I'm liking how the team's rolling. Sucks that we lost later in the week, but happens. Dylan, what were you saying? The leave to leave? What is that? So oh. it's uh it's like a YouTube thing, but it's I I it like I've seen it on TikTok a couple times. It was it was I think Justin Hall started it on YouTube maybe um during COVID and he was doing it for a while, but they do like a little interview. So like they'll sit down, mm-hmm. they have like a oh, yes, 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 I've seen that. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, to go back to the game, though, um, I want to point out Matthews made a shot block on Josh Morrissey when it was 3-1, and that could have easily changed the tide of the game. And um, one thing, another thing I want to point out, James, you made a great video on it, but Lilligren at one point took a puck to the head, and it looked like Mark Shifley was just barking at the ref because he thought he blew the whistle too early. At least that's how Bunting saw it. And yeah. so Bunting just started feeding oh feeding Shifley like you don't it, our players there was an F you and every other <laughs> word in there I saw that one that was that yeah was so he and like James's video was basically saying and Mike Johnson on the broadcast even said he's like today's Darcy Tucker which I'm like yeah he does remind me of Darcy Tucker he's got that edge to him he plays like him he puts the puck in the net uh, maybe you have the crazy eyes but, um, yeah I get Darcy vibe I get Darcy Tucker vibes from Bunting. Yeah, that I I like that comparison because he's not the bi- he's not the biggest, but he's the the feistiest on the ice. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I got lit up in the comments saying that I don't know anything about hockey. I don't oh, watch wow. hockey, and I laugh because if you look at the comparison between the two, what do they do? The both the same. Get well, Tucker chirps, Bunting chirps. They get under your skin. They mix it up in scrums. They come running in for teammates, whether they drop the gloves or not. By the way, guys, if you look on the YouTube clips, 
Bunting has dropped his gloves a lot this year. It just he gets tackled to the ice before anything yeah. happens. <laughs> so it's it's it is what it is. He's still trying to get in there. He tried to fight Lawson Kroos, and Lawson Kroos said no. So he didn't get the fight there. But again, the only thing he's missing in my eyes for the Tucker's perspective, and by the way, guys, caveat here, it's only Bunting's second year in the NHL. He's still kind of getting his <laughs> So let's okay? He just came out of his rookie season. So he, you know, he's got a little bit of time to to get his footing here. But anyway, right. he doesn't drop the mitts. He doesn't have the crazy eyes. He's but also gonna fight an entire bench, right? I think I think he's getting there. He is progressively getting more aggressive and more agitated level with people as yeah. well as agitating people. And him yelling from the bench, everybody's like, oh, big tough guy yelling from the bench. He does it on the ice every single night. I don't know if you see all the scrums. He's always in front of the other team's net and always yeah. taking a licking. So yeah. I think it was a good comparison. It's fun. it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I love the fact that we have him. Now here comes the uh, the unfun part. So the Maple Leafs, they wander their way into the Bell Center. Against an AHL team. Oh, my fucking God. Without Cole Caulfield, without many regulars in the lineup. And, you know, after the first period, you would swear the Harlem Leaf Trotters were in town because the way they dominated the puck, I think it was 16-5 to were the shots, up to nothing, complete control, zone time, anything you can think of was in the least favor, period. De facto done and what happens to leaf teams when they get that feeling against a downed opponent they come out the next period and they are flat they are flat and what did montreal do better they came out with energy they came out with spunk and pizzazz and they took it to the leafs for the second and they held on through all blue hell in the third period and they beat the leafs in overtime am i wrong it's so frustrating, James. Watch it, like watching the Leafs beat these other two playoff contending teams, and then they just don't show up for two periods against one of the worst teams in the NHL right now. Tavares said it best. They had a great first period, and then they took their foot off the gas pedal. Like, what mm-hmm. are they doing? When just- your third line is the most noticeable line out there, you have a problem. If that line is the line that's going and driving your team for two periods, there's a problem with your top six. And I get I get the fact that they feel they're in a playoff spot. But here's the thing. Tampa lost earlier that day. You had a chance to make the gap between you and the Bolts six points. Instead, it's only five. Mm-hmm. That extra point could loom large for home ice advantage. And I don't know what's going on there. Again, they always do this to downed opponents. I'm worried, and we'll talk about this soon, about the Ottawa game this week being another one of those games where they just flub it they're up. Their, they play down to their opponents, James Wood. Like, They've lost twice their game. to the Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes this year. Pardon me, what did yep. you say? They, I said they've lost twice to the Arizona Coyotes. I, I don't remember the last time we beat the Coyotes, so it's – I don't know. It's It's embarrassing. It is. It's it, it is embarrassing. And I mean like even you don't see Boston losing these kinds of games. Like why why can't the Leafs compete? It doesn't make sense. Between the years is a powerful thing, my friend. Hmm. But we still get a point, and we get another thing here too. 
we get to see McMahon kind of solidify himself in the lineup after what happened today. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. looks like he has him spot, his spot. He's hitting, he's grinding, he's doing all the things they want. He's cheap, he's effective, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Bobby McMahon, come on down. Your new spot here in the Leafs roster is waiting for you. What do you guys like about Bobby McMahon? I haven't watched him that much, but hey, he's solid. He's solid. He's he's doing his job. He's he's a bottom six forward right now. And he's it, he's he's a guy that obviously wants to play, and he's high octane. He's giving it his all for this team, obviously. But I, I feel like the trade deadline is going to change that up. But that's just me. You don't think you think Bobby McBain's gonna get sent back that once once the trade deadline comes? Yeah, um, I, I like the way he's played so far. Nothing. I mean, it's sad he doesn't have a goal yet. He's you can tell he's grinding out there. He's heading to the the corners. He's getting in front of the net. He's making all the right moves. He's playing right. Um, yeah, he he looks good out there, James. He does. I'm very I'm very excited for what he can bring to this roster. Um, now. I said this last Sunday. I said the Montreal Canadiens love to whoop us. They didn't whoop us, but they beat us. And it sucks. The Leafs need to figure this part out. This is the part where they need to bridge the gap and get these games under control, foot on the neck, like I said before, and just finish it off. Show your killer instinct and get it done. But right now we'll survive with the one point. We'll be five up on Tampa Bay. We got four games this week which leads us into the week that will be. Um, the Isles are always a battle for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wondering, boys, what you see there, the, the Isles are scrappy, and they're not exactly what they used to be, but they're a team that can still beat you and put you on your head. And again, it's a game that John Tavares gets up for, so I expect Johnny T to be fired up for it. But we thinking, what are we thinking for the week here? We got the Isles. We got the Rangers with Shesterkin, Ottawa, that's a down team, and the Caps with Wilson back in the lineup on Sunday. All, I'm looking at the schedule right now. All these games are at home. Mm-hmm. They have no reason to go 3-0 and this week. Uh, I mean, just watch, mean I watch the, watch the, um, the Islanders come in. Elias Sorokin, we all know that guy's a fucking unit. He's a brick wall. Watch them steal the Islanders a game. I know they're all, they're a fringe playoff team. They're battling for a spot right now, so they're going to be hungry. That's going to be a tough one for the Leafs, I think. Yep, hundred percent agree. I think I think I think the New York teams are going to be actually pretty tough. Uh, they they both have a solid goalie. Uh, the Isles play a very defensive game. If you haven't noticed, where's Barzell lately? He he's working on that defensive game. Um, New York Islanders or Rangers, sorry. Uh, they have some of the, I think they have three guys in the All Star game, maybe four, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so their t- their squad's doing well. I think Panarin has most goals uh, in the uh, Metro right now. Maybe wrong, um, but Shesterkin will stand on his head no matter what. That'll be a close, low scoring game, I think. Ottawa's going to bring it because they always bring it. And then the Caps, Wilson will bring, will bring the body. Backstrom's been back for a bit. Um, I'm 
I want to say it's going to be like a two and two week. Two and two weeks. How many games? They, they don't play Saturday. Does Sunday they count? As Sunday. A... Oh, yeah. Sunday counts as a game. Okay. Saturday and Sunday or Friday and Sunday? Friday and Sunday. Special hockey night in Canada, by the way, Friday night on CBC. So you'll be able to catch that one nationally across the uh, good old networks. But yeah. So what do you think, Pete? Dylan's going two and two. Pete, you said three and oh. You up in that? The um, I'm going to say three and one. I'm going three and one. All right. I'm going to say the Leafs go two, one, and one. So they win against the Isles. They lose against the Rangers. They lose in OT against Ottawa, and they beat the Caps. I could see that 100% happening. You know how that Ottawa game would agree on the wins and losses. What's that? That Ottawa game, you know they're going to have the lead the entire game, and then they're going to blow it. Ottawa scores, or Timmy Stu's going to score in overtime to just – deflate the Leafs and we're going to be talking about it on their next pod being like what the fuck is going on with the Leafs playing down to these teams that's just how it goes here in Leaf Land and call me pessimistic Pete but that's just how it goes that's how it goes 100% no you 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 are right about that one Pete listen this week is going to have a lot of Leaf shuffling as well by the way guys we got TJ Brody who's supposed to be back very soon uh probably not Monday game or Wednesday but maybe against the Ottawa Senators towards the end of the week. He's very, very close to returning. Um, to me, TJ Brody is a Giordano type. He's a stabilizer for this defense. And some people across the networks, you know, feel this TD to be stabilized a bit more. Only gave up two goals against the Habs. It's not too bad. One against the Jets. The Panther game being the outlier, but that was more Murray having a bad game than anything. Right. But I do say TJ Brody will stabilize this defense nicely you put him with morgan riley and allow everything to trickle down to where it needs to be um the other part we lose i am going to say it now we lose dryden hunt on waivers i think so and the reason why i say this is the maple leafs want this to happen they want this that they like the player and they wouldn't be mad if he got sent down but what does that do for the leafs if he gets claimed it opens up a contract spot which gives you more flexibility towards the trade deadline. And maybe you don't have to add so much dead weight into a deal to get something done like a simmer contract or a cliffy contract. You can be able to have a little bit more flexibility and maybe even take something more back to help the team that you're trading with just to get the numbers to where they need to be. So I think that they're betting on this player being taken. Could I be wrong? Uh, he's a great player. I feel bad for the poor man's suitcase right now. Hey, man, he's going to have four goals with four different teams. That's a pretty cool thing for the season. He was with Colorado and then who? And then us? Or Colorado, us, and so, yeah, maybe somebody else. Oh, I thought I thought there was two teams before us. He was what? He was Florida, Rangers, Rag, or sorry, uh, Avs. Then you switch over to the Leafs. So that's four right there, and potentially a fifth team if he gets picked up again. Unbelievable, poor guy. I, I've I've watched like um, girlfriends like post on Twitter of like hockey guys. Um, Nick Abe Kubel's girlfriend was hitting up on Twitter, and I just I just feel bad because like the the guys leave and they got to pack up everything, and it's like 
that's that's what you that's what you have to do when you're a freaking girlfriend but like i don't know i just i just feel for them their suitcase is probably never gets unpacked because they're always on the road or they come in for a couple days yeah i think a lot of them rent like condos or stuff from guys or whatever you know different spots just keep it going i know the leafs put guys up in condos as well in apartments yeah Audrey has a Kadri has a condo. You saw that penthouse. Hey, holy oh, smokes. Let's guys. go. Um, the other thing here, I think when you um, have dried hunter waivers, you're obviously bringing back Pontus Holmberg. Uh, we've already talked about the fact that McMahon has his spot. Keith really wants Holmberg back. He loves him some Holmberg. So nice. I think the, uh, the Holmberg homies will be coming back. Um, and then the goalies. Got to know, how do you do the goalies this week? I think you go... You gotta go Murray, Matt Murray against the Isles. Yeah, I think you go Wednesday night, Sonar versus Shesterkin, the all-Russian matchup. Yes, and you and go Murray, Murray against Ottawa. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Sammy against Washington. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you figured out. it out. <laughs> I like it. Let's go, GM time. Woo! Easy, easy. There you go, in. guys. We we got it all set up here for the Leafs goaltenders. You know what it is. Uh, offside hockey talk coming to you live from the Leafs camp. Let's go. We're really just in the dressing room. We don't want to tell anybody, though. Keep it going. Keep it under wraps. Um, Let's get into the GBU of the week. The good, the bad, and the ugly. You guys can agree to disagree, but the good this week, Matthews, looking like the old Matthews, never a bad thing. Gets the all-star nod, heating up on the goal-scoring front, loving it. I don't love him going to the all-star game. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather him rest. But I'm just saying, yeah. it's a good week for Austin Matthews. And Austin Matthews coming into form. Load management, baby. It does wonders for a guy. But the good Austin Matthews, are we in agreement to that? Absolutely. I. It's funny. I was listening to the Chicklet the other day, and um, Tyson Berry was on it. They said um, when he was on the team that his nickname was uh, Tony just because of I don't know the way his name is spelled. So uh, someone started calling him Tony, which I thought was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's looked great. He's going back to form. We need him for playoffs. He's gonna get a couple tucks here and there. He's not gonna. Guys, I, I think it's safe to say he's not gonna break fifty. You think? He is not. He's not breaking sixty like we all predicted. No, God no. He's definitely breaking forty. One hundred percent. He'll break forty. Yeah. I think he, he. I think he'll be on the top end of forty, if anything, because he what has twenty four right now. Twenty four, yeah. So tie with Nylander. Yeah, double it with forty eight. Let's just say safe call. I got him going fifty one. Fifty one. Okay. I, I was gonna I say like optimism. He. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna really heat up, and I think just a theory here. I think Austin Matthews is not going to the All Star game. I think there's going to be. I 100%. I would 100% agree with it. Send send Neil. Like, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to say he's injured or he's just going to. Yeah, I think him and the team are going to come to an agreement that he's hurt, that he needs to to heal. He needs time to heal. And I think they can use the uh, the recent two game sit out as a, yeah, this guy needs time to be able to know what he needs to be for us. Um, and take the one-game suspension on the other side if he has to, and Willie Nylander will fly down to Florida and have some fun. I was going to say. Is, it, is, it, is that how it works? Or sometimes is it another pl- 
player from a team. I think it would be Willie. I think that's who they'd swap it out I, for. I think or it, it could be, be the next highest voted. Yeah, the next highest voted player, which I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention. I'm pretty sure it's rigged because the NHL definitely wanted Austin Matthews to be there. And they yeah. must like, I'm pretty sure other players are getting more votes, but they wanted Vasco there too. Yeah, they want yeah they want the star players to be there, right? Yeah, and what better than a dynamic duo of uh, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews having some fun together in the sun, right? So yeah, that's one thing. Uh, the bad this week, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and Dilly, I know you said one and zero against the uh, the Winnipeg Jets isn't too bad, but how about going two for ten this week on the power play? That's not so great. Um, the power play definitely needs to get clicking. You can see why they switched off the five man unit or the five man forward unit went to the uh, the four D or one D four players because obviously they need to get that rolling again. Uh, but two for ten with a team with the lethal scores that the Leafs had, that is unexcusable. One thing I think the Leafs really need though, guys, on that unit is they need someone to be the JVR kind of type on unit one. And just bang pucks in, in close, in tight. Because right now it's a lot of perimeter passing and looking for one-time or perfect lanes, which don't get me wrong, when they're they're on and working, they're great. But when you're not getting those seams, you need just to get the puck on the net and start banging those pucks in the net. And that's what Spezza was so good for on the power play. Yeah, I, I think we we need a true top six power forward. Come on down, Timo Meyer. Thank you, Timo Meyer, Riley, Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, I don't Ryan know. Ryan O'Reilly in front of the net. Oh. That'd be pretty good, eh? I, I mean, this power play, man, I I cringe every time we play now because it's so predictable. It would be nice having it. Yeah, like you said, a nice big body in front of the net. Ryan O'Reilly, JVR, bring him back or – Timo Meyer. JVR? He's at like what seven mil cap still? Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Never mind that. <laughs> but I just I, I don't know. I get excited about old Leaf players coming back. Example, Luke Shen, James Reimer. But uh yeah, no, this player, this power play is just it's not looking good. No, it's not looking good right now. Like I say, and I mean if you bring in another guy to go on unit number one, then maybe you shake somebody loose from that unit like a JT, put him down in the second unit. Yeah, and really bring that unit up too, right? And just uh, have a little bit more even balance for the two units. If one's not rolling, you can get the other one out. But I will give you the uh, the other side of this. One thing I said the least need to work on was the penalty kill. How about nine for eleven this week on the PK? Not bad. Not two shabs. Didn't Marner, didn't Marner get a shorty? I think Marner. Marner got got a, I think Marner got a shorty. Yep. So. Yeah. Not too shabby. Nine for eleven on the PK. You bring that up, but you gotta bring the other one up. You gotta have both things need to be high flying going into the playoffs. We know that this team needs to be clicking on all cylinders. And then the absolute ugly. We just talked about this to death. This team's ability to play up to down opponents. It's just getting ugly, and it's costing the Leafs points that could really be used for first round matchups. If yep. you want to have home ice, you got to win those games. And right now, like you pointed out guys, they're not beating the Arizonas. They're not beating the Ottawa's. They're not beating the Montreal Canadians. You need to win these games. And I mean, it's all great and dandy to look like you can hang with the beasts of the East and the best in the West. But when you can't beat the down guys, 
to keep padding your point totals, it's not good. It is not. <laughs> is, it, is it not good? I don't know, guys. It's The regular season, as we know, is important. But as long as they don't do this shit in the playoffs and they play to perfection then, we won't be talking about this anymore. No, we won't be. We won't be. I just, I just want one round. Listen, no, we're no, 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 we're going on a run. We going straight conference down. finals minimum, minimum. Three Listen, Three we're, getting, we're getting some things done in the playoffs this year. I don't care what anyone says. Um, but let's navigate off the Leafs for a moment here. The NHL All Star Game is going to Florida, but the uh, Florida governor has said he will not allow the NHL's Everyone Can Play initiative to be a part of the NHL All-Star Game, which I ask you both, should the NHL right this second say and head somewhere else? What is what? What is this initiative? The Everyone Can Play initiative from the NHL, which is what we just barked about, Proveron right. not supporting and all of those other players and different things from other leagues that weren't supporting. Oh. The Florida governor said that the NHL is not welcome to bring their everyone can play initiative to NHL All-Star Weekend. I'm sorry, but peace out, Florida. That's what I would say. You yeah, the, it up. the whole point of this is to grow the game. And like if people don't understand that and see that, like you're you're totally blind. Yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't agree with it. I saw it come out and I was like, ah, I'm gonna bring that up on the pod because it's just wild that you would, especially a place like Florida, that you would want to grow everything there because it's such a beautiful spot. But to have, again, negativity for no reason. Like there's no, unless you have your own agenda, which clearly this man does and the government there does. I'm not trying to bring the government into this. But when you have an all-star game coming, you're welcoming all of the biggest stars in the NHL to your state and that's the announcement you put out doesn't seem to go well pretty shitty so on yeah. the, i mean on the bright side though i love those jerseys though the all-star jerseys i will say i like those <laughs> they, they are nice they're the miami vice style right so yeah. you know i think the the everyone can play initiative should be yeah, off the board um it shouldn't be hand-packed and where it can and can't be if it's part of the league, it's part and parcel with the events that they bring. And that's the way it should be because it should be a feeling of inclusivity across the board. You don't have to worry if you're going to be accepted when you go to said event. So it just sucked for me to hear that absolutely 100%. Um, now other things coming out across the league. Some players, um, I guess on some teams, may not exactly uh, be happy with offers that have come their way. Uh, I know Gavrikov in Columbus did not like the offer that came from the Blue Jackets. So now, obviously, he's going to market for trade. Uh, there was another player today as well. Um, what was the offer? I forget who it was. Oh, my God. I would remember it if I saw his picture. But anyways, the, the number that was presented to him uh, was deemed insultive. Um, what I, team? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. And that's what's killing me here. It's... Not Horvat. Maybe it was. No, wasn't Horvat. No, Horvat's been long. Uh, someone, someone big. Someone big. 
as a UFA. The last, uh, the last off. I think it's East. I should have snapped. It's shot not pasta. It's not pasta. Oh. oh, why can't I find it? Hang on. Is it on Twitter? As long as my Instagram does not mess with me here. I am scrolling on Twitter to sort of. No idea yeah. who it is. One second. Eastern Conference team, Atlantic or Metro? Timo Meyer, sorry. Timo uh, Meyer. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I thought I Timo, Ma- Timo Meyer, and there's another one now that just came out. Uh, a little bit of breaking news: Dylan Larkin insulted by last. Oh wow! I've heard. Um, I've heard that. I've heard that. That'll be interesting to see if uh, Iserman holds out like he did with Stamkos. Yeah, he, he might have to, but obviously he's a UFA in Mister. Uh, Larkin like Sammy was, so we'll see what happens. But obviously there's some players here with some discontent, not liking what's going on. So we may see, may actually get to see some fireworks on trade deadline day. And uh, we'll announce it right here. We are going to do what we did last year here on Offside. Dylan and Pete weren't there at the time, but they are now. But we do our trade deadline show. We roll all day. Last year we had Alter on. We had, um, oh my God, uh, well, I can't remember his name. For uh, Arthur Staple, who covers the uh, the New York Rangers and the uh, New York Islanders for the New York Times and the Athletic, he was on breaking down stuff and trades that were going to happen. Uh, we had Zach Lang on, bunch of different people throughout the day. Dave McCarthy swung by for fifteen minutes. It was absolutely awesome. We got a lot of different perspectives as trades were going. Craig Button sat in for a couple of moments and talked about some things that were happening with picks and things like that. So it was a great trade deadline show. We got to pick a lot of brains and have Mm -hmm. some fun. Clark Monroe was actually first in line on that one as well. Clarky was there too. Um, It was an actually great. uh, We started that show probably 7 a.m. my time. Oh, um, once we actually got on the air, it was about eight o'clock. Uh, but we went all the way into the afternoon until I had to pick the girls up from school, which is close to the end of trade deadline time. So, and we were just rolling through the lists and different things and graph. It was great. So, Sounds trade hard. deadline will be happening again here on Offside, and we'll have a lot of different guests and perspective, and maybe some former players swinging by as well to talk what's happening. Um, like a couple of coffees for Dylan that day. It's going to be a good time. Wake up, get ready. Clark got up early for it. Let's everybody roll. Trade deadline show will be absolutely bomb diggity. But now we are going to do our boxing rock. Bearded Blue Warrior of the Week. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Oh, shit. Everybody got their beard. One. Let's go. All right. Pete the Heat, I want you to go first. Who is your boxing rock bearded blue warrior? Oh, you know who I'm going to pick, and I won't be I won't be mad if you guys pick him as well because you got to go Brucey Pedro. Yeah. yeah, I knew that was coming. He had, like, wait had one of the worst weeks of his career this week, so he is my boxing rock bearded bearded warrior. One day I'm going to say that right. One day I'm going to get it right, but. Uh, <laughs> The bearded blued warrior, the blued. The blue. All right. All right. There's the beard, everybody. We're doing the boxing rock bearded blue warrior. Dylan, bearded who blue. is your boxing rock bearded blue warrior this week? 
You know, I I feel like we pump his tires on the pod, but I don't think we often choose him for the Bearded Blue Warrior. I'm picking Poppy, Mr. Austin Matthews. Oh, oh. Two goals this is going to be my week. pick if, uh, if you took Brucey first. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's amazing. You know who my pick is, and I don't usually do this. I maybe say that every week. But every week I bring in something bigger than just one. I'm going to go with the entire Vancouver Canuck fan base. They are not united on a lot of things. But last night, what they did for Bruce Boudreaux with the Bruce there it is chance, standing there, clapping for him, celebrating for him, going bananas when he won the challenge in the yeah. game. The fans in Vancouver, and all day long, and everything that I've seen posted, that I've posted, everyone talking about how Vancouver, the Canucks did Bruce Boudreaux wrong. I say the Vancouver fans, you are my boxing rock bearded blue warriors because you went to town for Bruce Boudreaux. And Bruce, there it is, your boxing rock bearded blue warrior. Say it again, Pete. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this has been the Least Weekender episode. Bruce, there it is. Hey, this is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Leafs and hockey come to talk. (laughs) 